0: I'm excited about preaching this morning. It is an honour to see you this morning. Thank you for coming and being a part of church this morning. It's, it's nice and warm, hopefully not too warm, and I truly believe you're going to receive from, from God this morning. But let me, just, let me just pray, and then we'll get right into it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that uh, your, your presence is beautiful. Your presence is life-changing and what I mean by your presence is the fact that we, 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 we worship you, we worship your name. And the Bible says that when we gather in unity together and, and, and worship your name, you, you come. And that means your presence is here. You come and, and by faith, we receive your presence this morning. By faith. It's, it's not something we can see, but we believe, just like we can, Lord, breathe air in and out Lord, we can't see it, and yet it's so real, and we believe that your presence is so real, and it is here this morning, and I just pray that you would, as always, do the work within people's hearts, because that is that's only what you can do, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So, yes, I'm excited to bring the Word, as I said, I, I uh, you know, always do my best to prepare and ask God, Lord, help me to say something that you know you are wanting to say to your church, and then, of course... You know, so often it happens that when I'm just reading my Bible, where I'm up to, it just becomes, um, you know, it jumps out at me. Of this is what you can present. This is what you can bring to the church. This is what can um, really bless um, our church and where we're at. And so, um, this morning, I've titled the the sermon. Uh, it's called "The King Calls Us to Action." He calls us to action. And I love when the Holy Spirit speaks. We've been learning about, you know, He does speak. He does speak. It's up to us to tune our hearts in, to allow our, um, our, our our faith to receive that He speaks to us. And when He speaks to us, He often requires us to act upon what He speaks, right? It's not just Him speaking to us and, and, and letting us know what, what we need to do and how we need to do it. He wants us to actually take action. Otherwise, it, it, it's kind of like going through one ear and out the other, and that's not going to be life-changing at all. Whenever the Holy Spirit speaks, there is action. And I'll remind you of a couple quick scenarios. The Spirit spoke to bring salvation and healing in Jesus' name. Acts 9, 1 talks about you know, when Paul was on, his, on the road to Damascus, and you know, he's having, having a God encounter Right, that he was at the time, you know, absolutely taken back by. But God spoke to a guy called Ananias and spoke to him about this guy, Paul, who was a persecutor of the church, and spoke to him about going and seeing him. And at the time, Ananias questioned God's um, strategy and idea. He said, Well, do you, this guy is like he's totally against the church. But the point is, the Holy Spirit spoke right revealed what he had to do but then he took action the king calls us to take action the spirit gave instructions about the church and what it should look like take action the spirit spoke to lead mission into new areas such as cyprus and macedonia he asks us go there this is a, a land that has not been touched a people that have not heard about Jesus. I need you to go there, take action. And by faith, we receive His instructions and we move forth and, and take action. To new people groups such as the Ethiopians, the Spirit spoke about personal situations to bring people into closer relationship with Him. And He will speak to you if you are willing to listen about personal situations Things that can seem so small and insignificant, and yet when the Holy Spirit reveals it into your heart, He calls us to action. It might be as simple as you know, being a little bit irritable to your kids, and He calls you to ask the child to forgive you for being a little bit irritable and, and rude. He'll call us, to, He'll speak, He'll reveal. And he'll, he'll call us to action. You know, recently, actually, I felt like he, he spoke to me about a particular person in my life that often, when I think of this person, I have um, some kind of inner bitterness or resentment or different, you know, accusations that come up against this person. But I felt like the Holy Spirit recently told me, Dave, what you need to do is write all the things that are great about this person and write the things that you know you remember about this person that were such a blessing in your life, helping me to reframe the way I see this person. But the point is, he speaks. It's up to us to obey and to take action in personal situations. He also spoke to show them how to respond to new challenges in Revelations. The churches going off course. I need you here, not there. And I need you to take action. Whenever the Spirit spoke, whenever He spoke, it furthered the ministry and mission of Jesus. And when He speaks to you, even in your a personal situation that nobody would know about but you, it's still to further the ministry and mission of Jesus. You know why? Why? Because we're called to partner with him to reach our city. And it is those things that get in the way that sometimes make us not able to step into what he has for us. Does that make sense? So he calls us to action. But what I want to do is I want to unpack some key verses in Acts chapter 3. To learn about how the king calls us to action. Because I think this is a beautiful little passage that we can, you know, get some nourishment from this morning. This is a story about a man who was physically ill. But I also want to talk about those who are spiritually ill, okay? Because without Christ, Jesus describes them as sick. It's amazing that, you know, (laughs) Jesus had no problem in calling something out as it was. And he still does today. He doesn't say, no, you're perfect the way you are. Stay the way you are. No, no, he says, you are a sinner and you need to repent and you need to come back to the king. And you need to not do life your own way, but you need to come and follow Jesus. I love how he calls out things as they are. And he calls us to also call things out as they are. Sin, a life away from God is like a sick person, right? Needing the attention of a doctor, Dr. Jesus, who will bring you back to relationship with God. I pray that we can, as always, apply what we learn from the story into our own lives. Please hear me. This is not ever about preaching a good sermon. I'm talking to myself. God, please, when you show me something, make it real to me and make it real to those who come faithfully and position themselves to hear from you. Let us apply what we hear from the pulpit into our own lives. But let me start in Acts three one. i I'm going to read through it and then I'm going to go back to the top and just share some, I think, powerful thoughts. But Acts three one says this, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, Was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. What a beautiful, beautiful story. I think there is so much in this story that we can you know, take from this story. And let me, let me start by going back to the beginning and kind of just going one step at a time. Acts 3.1 says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Peter and John did what they knew to do faithfully. We are getting up and we're going to the place, the holy place, and we are going to dedicate time of prayer. These men were men of prayer, dedicating a time and a place the temple, right, to seek God. Can I honour you this morning for the fact that you have come to a place, and that is the the, the holy place of today's day and age. It's different. It's not a temple, but it's a place where God's people dwell. That is a holy place, and you come this morning. But these are men of prayer, understanding their need to centre themselves in Him. Can I remind us, that we need to be centered in God. And we do that by being regular with our, our time with Him. I, I, I see it like a garden, right? Has anybody left their weeds for too long? And then how does it feel to remove the weeds? Terrible, right? Do you avoid it like me? <laughs> Sometimes, but the point is, I see that, that centering yourself with God as such an important part of our walk with the Lord where we come and He identifies the weeds and we have the opportunity in His presence to just pluck them out so it never becomes an absolute mess. That you know, some, Have you ever seen a weed that becomes like a tree? And you're like, is this a tree? And then I call Pastor Sue and I describe it to her and she goes, no, that's a weed, Dave. Get rid of it. But the point is God gives us the opportunity to have that short accounts with Him centering ourselves because here's the thing. In that place of being centred, Peter and John know we get to hear the Spirit's voice and we get to be led by Him. He begins to show us the direction of where we need to go. We start the way you start your day helps so much because it it gives you an understanding that when I confront things this morning, I I, I'm, I opened up that that communication with the Holy Ghost from the morning, and He's with me, and He's with me throughout the whole day, and He'll help me know how to respond. But let's continue. Acts three two says this: "And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried." whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. This man was physically ill, right? And in many ways in a very challenging position, a very difficult position. There are people amongst us that are spiritually and physically ill. There are, and of course we often pray for those who have sicknesses and come in faith and we believe God for healing. But there are people in your life, not just physically ill perhaps, but spiritually ill that are in a vulnerable position, that need, need somebody to speak truth. They laid, him, uh, they laid this lame man daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Where they laid him is significant. Let me explain why. Now, if you have seen a diagram of of the temple, how it looked, this man with his disability was not allowed past the beautiful gate, which is where he dwelt at the gate was the court of where the women would be. And then beyond that gate was where the court of the men would be. Beyond that point was where the priest would offer sacrifices on the altar. Beyond that point was the sanctuary, and I believe I've got the order right. I'm trying to remember what I saw in, in a really cool picture of how it looked. But the point is the healing of the lame in Acts three gives us a picture of what it looked like for a disabled person to enter the temple. This gives us an idea that the beautiful gate is the furthest a disabled person could go. It's interesting, and just stay with me for a second. It was only when he was healed that he entered the temple, the court of men. As I, as I explained, the court of men, he was now able to, with Peter and John, which we read later on. Now we know, and praise God for this revelation, the fact that we can come to Jesus... In the new covenant, as we are. Jesus invites you, invites me into the place and space where he is as we are. Nothing separates us from what? From his love. It's powerful. However, now let me use the illustration of what it was like to what I'm trying to share about what we might confront with people in our lives there are those amongst us that have a false perception regarding the holy place. This place and space where we meet. I'm not, worth, I'm, I'm not worthy enough of entering a place like that. That's an exclusive place designed for the elite. Those without fault or sin. Hands up, anyone without fault or sin? <laughs> And that was just me putting my hand up to ask for hands up, not saying that I'm without fault or sin. An exclusive place. I remember my neighbour, he used to say to us, Joe and I would invite him to come to the holy place, come to where the the saints gather, and he would say to us, if I came to that place of worship, it would burn down. The walls would burn down, right? The roof would fall down, that's the saying. He 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 would be telling us he couldn't go there because of the state in which he is in. It's funny that this old covenantal style of people being unable to enter into the place and space where Jesus is, right, has been taken on in many ways in our communities. People that don't know him believe that the, I have to be on the outer court. I can't enter into that inner court because I don't belong there. I I, I am not worthy enough. What happens next is powerful because I believe it's a picture of how we ought to respond to those who would never enter the holy place. Do you know anybody in your life that would potentially never enter the holy place? (laughs) There are people that, you know, you can think of that come to mind. Acts 3 verse 3 says this, Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. The layman is asking the right people for help, isn't he? He's asking the right people for help. These men are full of the Holy Spirit, being recently filled on the day of Pentecost. It was just a chapter earlier that they had that encounter with the Holy Spirit where they were speaking with different tongues. Let me encourage you and me with this thought. The Holy Spirit in us also makes us the right people to turn to. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you are the right person to turn to. Maybe you don't believe that, or maybe you haven't seen that. Maybe you believe that I'm not mature enough in the faith, or I have questions myself. As I continue to preach this, please hear, you, with the Holy Spirit in you, are the right person for somebody in your life to turn to. Verse 4 shows us Peter and John stopped and sensitively addressed needs. They had the courage to face problems. You know, we can have the courage in those moments that are messy and complicated, because they are sometimes, believing the King has called us to action and will enable us in those moments. Amen? He will give us the answers. He will give us the direction. We've been reading this scripture every well, couple of weeks, but sixteen thirteen of John says, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit in you, in me, makes us the right people to turn to. Who else will they turn to? You know, I, I know that um, for me, I was thinking about the, the messy and complicated situations that sometimes we can walk into with people. And I had to be on I have to be honest, I was like, Holy Spirit, I don't think I have enough people in my life at the moment that are messy and complicated. That's just being honest. Now, I, I'm asking God to, you know, in the school scenario when I'm at the school, allow me to be somebody like this who people can turn to. You know, allow me to be that person, but you know maybe maybe that could be something in your heart that you know the holy spirit touches on that are we connected to community are we connected to a place where we can connect with people that are have messy and complicated situations because i truly believe that the holy spirit in us can help straighten that path that is crooked and bring direction and bring clarity and ultimately bring people To Jesus Christ. Obviously, we can't do that, but we can partner with Him. Acts 3 5 says this So He gave them His attention, expecting to receive something from them. This is the man with the condition. He anticipated receiving a solution from them. You've turned to the right people, and I do expect a solution from you. Can I just say, the spiritually and physically ill might not, might or might not anticipate your solution. <laughs> That's also got to be said. Although you have the solution, and that is Jesus Christ, it's not always going to be received in a way that, you know, maybe you hope for it to be received. The Bible says that there are those amongst us who love darkness they love the condition that they're in even if jesus calls that out as being sick they love the condition that they're in they love darkness and the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing there are those amongst us that fit this description yet we know without jesus we are blind and dead in our trespasses who knows that if you are blind and dead, you have a problem, right? State the obvious, but the Bible says describes those who do not know Jesus as blind and dead in their trespasses. You are the right person to turn to. The Holy Spirit in you are the right person to seek a solution from. I hope that you're capturing this in your heart and the Holy Spirit is speaking. The Bible says, as I said, they're dead in their foolishness to those who are perishing and they're blind and dead in their trespasses. Nevertheless, nevertheless, in this story, in this story, he anticipated receiving a solution from them. Peter, John, help me. And by solution... What did he expect? He expected alms, okay? This is a temporary solution. And how do we know it's temporary? Well, because we know that he was laid daily, daily at the gate of the temple with the same need. So it might have been met there and then by Peter and John, that temporary solution of offering him alms, but the need continued. The next day, we're going to lay him down at the beautiful gate, and it's going to be the same process on and on. Thank God that what we're about to see, the solution that is offered is not temporal or is not short-term, but it it is eternal. And let's continue to read. Act three six says this. Then Peter said, "Silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk." They radically, radi- radically admitted their lack of material resources. Isn't that funny? Because that's kind of contrary to prosperity gospel. <laughs> no, I actually don't have silver. Or gold, I don't have what the world considers as the solution. I don't have what the world will offer our young people as the solution. I'm not going to tell you, yes, yes, entertain that lifestyle. It's fine. Do as you feel. No, 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 I don't have that to offer you. I don't. I don't. They fearlessly... Use their God-given authority. Can I encourage us this morning? You being a child of God, there is an authority in that. You are not just a, a, a member of society aimlessly walking around. You have the Spirit of God in you. There is an authority in that. Of course, the authority comes with love and it comes with wisdom And it comes being led by Him to know how to respond to different situations. But don't underestimate the godly authority that He puts in us to be a solution when there is an issue that comes up to your attention. They generously gave away their spiritual resources. What are my spiritual resources? I thought about that. Are my spiritual resources dependent on my circumstances? No. My spiritual resources are hope. I have a hope that is never wavering. I have an inner joy that cannot be stolen from me. I have a peace that surpasses all understanding. I have a confidence that I have a firm foundation that I live my life upon, a God and a King. I have a friend like no other, a friend who never leaves me nor forsakes me, who is faithful. I have a mediator, a Holy Spirit, a counsellor. What are my spiritual resources? There are many. I'm listing them down. One to a thousand, probably more. I don't have this. But I do have this. I have Jesus Christ. I have Jesus Christ. Do you understand that you being in relationship with Jesus Christ is like nothing else? Like nothing else. And do you understand? And let me encourage us how important it is in today's day and age that Jesus Christ is exalted in our communities is exalted in our societies. We can see the evidence of what Antichrist has proposed as the way of the future. And we can see the the hurt and the pain that many are in. We can see the calamity, the confusion, the chaos. We can see all that. It's as clear as day. Don't underestimate Jesus Christ in you, a relationship with Him. Your spiritual resources are powerful. They are life-changing. Hallelujah. Acts 3.7 says this, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. I talked about the eternal solution that was presented, not a temporal one, an eternal one. He's leaping, jumping and praising God. This man was not able to enter the temple. Remember that as a direct result of his need not being met, but suddenly his need is met. Is it met in the holy place? No. Was it Met on the way to the holy place? Absolutely. Well, it was in the holy place, of course, as in the beautiful gate, but it wasn't where he was you know, destined to be able to be, in a place and space where he could connect with God in that court of men. Suddenly, he's able to enter into that place. I just believe that God will give us opportunity to solve practical problems, which removes barriers, gets them out of the way, that prevent people from connecting with the life-giving community of the church. His bride. We are his bride. You know, I, I, I've always had a problem with the belief that as, as, a, as a church community, we need to somehow sell Jesus. I don't believe in that at all. I don't believe in You know, we've, we need to put on a, a great event to make people love Jesus. I, you know, that, something inside of my spirit says, No! Jesus is good enough. He's good enough. My sins being forgiven, my path being straight and, 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 and having an eternal future, that's enough. But in saying that, as I presented to you earlier on, there are some who, there are barriers. Who, who knows how many degrees of separation there are from them entering in to a place where they can receive Jesus Christ. Perhaps that holy place is too too far deep in the waters. I, I can't go there. But on the way to the place of prayer and worship, they confronted a man where they were able to help a practical need that opened up a door for him to enter into the Holy of Holies, a place where where he could connect with God. I'll finish with this. Acts 9, sorry, 3:9 says, "And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They knew who this guy was, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him." They gained credibility through demonstration not just proclamation demonstration not just proclamation peter's demonstration gave him a platform and a convincing argument as you read further on in acts chapter 3 he he was then able to share about this jesus christ who they you know persecuted and who they put to the cross church i just have a heart to, Lord, I want to, with your help, reach out to those who, who need you. Can we have the worship team come back up as we conclude this part of the service?